Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to day 399 of Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm not Pastor Jason. I'm Mike Tillersio. I'm the pastoral intern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Surprise! Um, I'm filling in for Pastor Jason this morning on 1 Samuel, not from the book of Mark, but I'm happy to be doing so and looking forward to our study of 1 Samuel 23 this morning. Uh, David has been fleeing as we've been looking at 1 Samuel from Saul, uh, and we're going to find in today's passage that very moment on which he is sort of on the precipice of his escape from Saul. It's it's the 11th hour in today's passage, uh, so it's an exciting passage, especially in light of what happens in that 11th hour. Uh, so as we come to it, let's ask for the Lord's blessing. Let's ask him to help us to understand the text and to see how uh, we can see his son, Jesus, in the midst of it. Let's pray. Father, you are the God of the 11th hour, and we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you that you uh, have loved your people so much that you have not let us go um, from your grasp, from your grip, from from your love. And we pray, Lord, as we look at this passage this morning, that you would allow us to see how your Son has delivered us in the 11th hour, Lord. That we would get a picture of that, that we would get a foreshadowing of that uh, from today's text, Lord. And that we would see Jesus uh, with the eyes of our hearts, with, uh, with gratitude. We would, we would long to uh, praise him for what he's done for us. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. First Samuel chapter 23. Now they told David, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David to Keilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah. And Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all the people to war, to go down to Keilah, to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. And David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah, to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will come. Then David said, Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. And David and his men, who were about six hundred arose and departed from Keilah, and they went wherever they could go. 
When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he gave up the expedition. And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horish. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horish, and Jonathan went home. Then the Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horish, on the hill of Achilah, which is south of Jeshimon? Now come down, O king, according to all your heart's desire to come down, and our part shall be to surrender him into the king's hand. And Saul said, May you be blessed by the Lord, for you have had compassion on me. Go make yet more sure. Know and see the place where his foot is, and who has seen him there, for it is told me that he is very cunning. See therefore and take note of all the lurking places where he hides, and come back to me with sure information. Then I will go with you. And if he is in the land, I will search him out among all the thousands of Judah. And they arose and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the wilderness of Man, in the Arabah to the south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men went to seek him. And David was told, so he went down to the rock and lived in the wilderness of Man. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Man. Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And David was hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have made a raid against the land. So Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore that place was called the Rock of Escape. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. What a chapter. Uh, There's a lot of suspense in today's passage for sure. A lot of sadness, especially if you put yourself in David's shoes. At the beginning of the passage, we understand that he is trying to help the people of Keilah to deliver them from the Philistines. And he asks the Lord whether or not he should go. The Lord says, go deliver Keilah from the hand of the Philistines. But his men are afraid. And so David asks again of the Lord, shall we go? And shall we fight against the Philistines to try to deliver Keilah? And the Lord answers him, arise and go. That he, that he, the Lord, would give the Philistines into David's hand. And true to God's word, as always, the Philistines are given into the hand of David And David and his men strike them with a great blow and save the inhabitants of Keilah. It's important for us to not miss the obvious here. What God says he's going to do, he does. David and his men experience that. They ask the Lord if he'll give the Philistines into their hands. The Lord says that he will. They take him at his word. 
And that's exactly what happens. And so David and his men are blessed because they trust the Lord. But did you notice that that blessing also involves hardship for David and his men? Because right after delivering the people of Keilah from the hand of the Philistines, the people of Keilah are then ready to turn David and his men over to Saul, who's pursuing them. Talk about kicking a gift horse in the mouth. Right? This, is, this is just such a, a terrible turn of events. Uh, and we know that it would happen because the Lord tells David that that's exactly what their intention was. David asks in verse 11, Will the men of Keilah surrender me into Saul's hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? And then the Lord says he will come down and the men of Keilah will surrender you and your men into his hand. Paraphrase there of uh, verse 12. And so don't be surprised if the Lord calls you to do good to somebody, but that person then turns around and throws you under the bus. It's nothing new for God's people. And don't second guess that it was the Lord who called you to serve that person. I think of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 where it was the Spirit of God that called him out into the wilderness to suffer temptation from the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. It was the Spirit of God who led him into the wilderness. And it was for good reason. It was so that Jesus could overthrow the tyranny of Satan and reclaim authority on earth among men. And I think that's why later in one of the Gospels, Jesus says, that he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I think it was a reference to Jesus overthrowing the devil in the wilderness. But that's sort of a, a side comment on the fact that God called him there in the first place and that Jesus did the will of his Father even in the face of suffering, even while experiencing, even undergoing suffering in the process. And it's the same for us. If we want to serve the Lord, it's going to involve hardship. It's going to involve trial. But it's the Lord's call for us to go and render that service. So we can be confident in that. We can be confident in the Lord who reveals to us that we are to take up our cross after Jesus and follow him to preach his gospel, which isn't very popular. It's a blessing to people for them to hear it. Whether they accept it or reject it, it's a blessing for them to hear this offering, to come before Jesus and to surrender our lives to him so that we can be saved. And we see salvation in today's passage in what follows. David and his men are uh, shortly after uh, in an area called Ziph, and the Ziphites are ready to do the same thing that the inhabitants of Keilah were ready to do, to surrender David and his men into the hand of Saul and his men. And it's totally disturbing the way that the Ziphites are ready to turn over David and his men just to curry favor with Saul. And even more disturbing is the way that Saul responds. It's, it's almost laughable, but it's, it's more pathetic than anything. In verse 21, Saul says, May you be blessed by the Lord, for you have had compassion on me, as though he were a wounded animal or uh, an oppressed victim of uh, injustice. 
needing compassion, needing some sort of assistance. Here's a man who's going out of his way to kill somebody who, for all intents and purposes, is innocent before the Lord. And he's evoking the name of the Lord in order to try to bless the people of Ziph who are just complicit with him in this evil. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Herod and Pontius Pilate in that passage of Scripture where they're uh, mocking Jesus together. They're, they're glad to, uh, to get to know one another uh, by way of tormenting Jesus when Jesus is on trial. But it's because Jesus suffered injustice at the hands of Pontius Pilate and Herod that he was able to save people from even more dire circumstances than David finds himself in in today's passage. At the end of our text, we see Saul on one side of this mountain coming after David and his men. And we see David and his men on the other side of the mountain. This is what verse 26 seems to indicate, that they're, they're almost going to run into each other as they're coming around this mountain. But at the last moment, right before Saul and his men turn the corner and encounter David and his men, they're called away by a messenger to go fight against the Philistines, the same group of people whom David and his men had victory over earlier in the chapter. Now Saul is taken away from killing David by having to go fight against the Philistines. God delivers David and his men at the last moment, right? At the 11th hour, just in the nick of time. But God didn't deliver Jesus in the nick of time in the same way that he delivered David. Jesus didn't just suffer temptation in the wilderness the hands of Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't just suffer injustice at the hands of Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Jews and the Romans. Jesus suffered something far worse. He suffered separation from God his Father on the cross. That's what we call hell. And Jesus experienced that when he died for people. But God delivered him in an even greater sense. Because while Jesus really did die, while he was buried, while he remained in the grave and descended into the grave, as the Apostles' Creed says, although it uses the word hell, it really means grave there. He was really dead, is what it means. Even though that actually did happen, God raised him again from the dead on the third day. He delivered him in that sense. He did not let his flesh see corruption, as Peter tells us in Acts. It's interesting how today's passage ends, isn't it? Verse 29, David goes up from the rock of escape and lives in the strongholds of En Gedi. And Jesus would be delivered from the grave when the stone, when the rock is moved away from the tomb and he goes up in a resurrected body and lives in the strongholds of all power evermore that the Father has given to him in resurrected life. Wow. Uh, why would he do this? Well, Romans 6, 5 says, While we were still weak, at the right time, 
Christ died for the ungodly. You see, we needed an even more timely deliverance than David did in today's passage. We needed to be saved at just the right time in just the right way. We need to regularly come back to the fact that we are ungodly in and of ourselves. And that is the perfect time to be saved, isn't it? When you recognize that you have nowhere to go, no one to turn to, except to the Lord. And what a deliverance there is for us who realize that the Lord actually wants to rescue his people, that he sent his son to do that very thing at just the right time. Let's go to the Lord and thank him for the salvation that he has provided to us in his son. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us Jesus. He is the one who saves us at the right time and in the right way. We pray that today we would see our need of him, Lord, that we can't save ourselves, that we're sometimes right at that precipice, right at that moment as we're going around that cave, as we're going around the mountain. At any moment, we could be cut off, but you, you sent your son, O oh Father, to go to the tomb for us on our behalf, to be under the power of that rock so that we could escape, so that we could live evermore Thank you, Lord, that though we will die one day, we will continue to live if we are in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. That's a reality. That's a certainty. May we trust in it, not just the truth in an abstract way today, but in the person who is the truth, in your Son, Jesus, Lord. May we trust in him today. And may we go out with confidence in him that he loves us and gave himself for us. For we who were weak at just the right time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm glad you were able to join us today for our look at 1 Samuel 23. We're going to be back in the book of 1 Samuel tomorrow, looking at chapter 24. Hope you'll join us then. But until then, have a blessed day. Be well, brothers and sisters. 